And I didn't even know about the show. Uh, it wasn't even about that. It was, hey, Phil, we got this restaurant. It's been open for about six or seven months. Uh, you know, I think that they were really intrigued by, I'm not really a timid person, as you can see on the show, but not timid yeah. just with regards <laughs> to people. I kind of really gravitate towards a challenge. Everyone's different. And for me, I was like, he's coming in too hot. Like, this is going to like be a disaster with the staff. Did you feel like you had to come in that hot because of where the the restaurant was at that time? Or was that just, or is that, again, is that just you? Because again, we don't really, we don't know you. Yeah, to be quite frank, it's just me. Uh, it wasn't premeditated by any means and it wasn't sought out. All the things that I addressed, to be honest with you, were things that they brought to my attention to actually seek out, you know, with regards to Shandrika's okay. approach to guests, you know, that was something that was brought to my attention. I didn't just go around, you know, with ammunition trying to get at people. These were things that they brought to my attention. Now, the minute you bring something to my attention, if I'm fixing it, this is my conversation with Don Juan, I'm gonna do it how I do it. And if you want somebody else to do it a different way, you have to hire somebody else to do it a different way because this is this is me. It's it's not not necessarily in a in a bad way. It's just when you have big personalities, it's hard to get that person to reel back personality. For sure. Um, so when Brian's very charismatic, you know, he he honestly is. The only opportunity that Brian had was you gotta. It's it's like you gotta know you gotta stay in your lane in some moments. You know, like if, if right. Someone's asking you to do something. It's great to make a joke, but like if I'm like, "Hey, Brian, let's sweep this up. Let's like that, that, that." You can't come back with what your hands don't work, your feet don't move. I'm not an employee, and I need to put a lot of emphasis on that. So I don't take. I can sit down and have a conversation with Candy and Todd about you know whatever they want me to approach it. It's a dialogue, though. I'm not a person where you know there were certain moments where I'm sitting down with Don Juan and he wants to uh, act like I'm being called to the principal's office. You got the wrong guy. Um, how, again, how challenging was that losing, again, both parents and then going into a new situation with higher circumstances because there's cameras everywhere. Like, was that a lot? Was it was it added weight going into the situation? Like, how did that, how did that play into everything for you? Um, I wouldn't say it was added weight. Uh, I think, you know, there were, there's two different ways or several different ways people deal with their struggles. You know, um, Brian and I's situations and what we felt were similar, but what we resorted to to kind of push through it were, was different. I just immersed myself in work. Um, this new opportunity uh, just kind of kept my mind busy, right? So the only time I really like thought long and hard about it or when I was down was kind of when I went home and I didn't really want to go home. You know, I didn't yeah. honestly distance myself from everyone who even really knew my mother like that because I just felt like they knew what I was dealing with. And so I had to acknowledge it. I had to acknowledge them feeling bad for me and I had to talk about it or whatever. So when I was at work, no one really knew who I was. Uh, this is Philip Frempong from Candy and the Gang. You are now tuned into Suave Sessions. going to take a quick message from our sponsors and we'll be right back.
This episode of Suave Sessions is being brought to you by Life Matters with Mario Brown, a self-help life coaching consultant firm working to transform the lives of people across individual and professional sectors using a three-point faith-based service model of non-judgmental listening, reasonable goal setting, and comprehensive strategies Mario is able to help his clients reach optimum success. To learn more about Life Matters with Mario Brown, check out www.mariocbrown.org, on YouTube at Life Matters with Mario Brown, and on Instagram at Life Matters with underscore Mario. Again, Life Matters with underscore Mario. Welcome back to Swap Sessions. Uh, one is, again, it's great to meet you. Um, you know, a lot of us are, well, basically all of us are introduced to you from, from the show, um, from Candy and the Gang. Um, but we don't really know you. And I think that's a, a big part of a lot of, you know, the social media gives i guess you can call them um so who who is philip like where did you grow up like what was what was life like for you i mean like childhood teenage years what was that like well, it was a long time ago uh, <laughs> uh, i'm from atlanta originally uh okay actually like north atlanta so i went to delby high school um i've been in restaurants uh since the age of 19. um actually worked for the same restaurant group from the age of 19 uh, up until 35. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's how I paid for my degree. I didn't go to school for uh, culinary or anything associated to hospitality. Um, I actually have a bachelor's of science uh, in biology. So um, restaurants is just something that became a part of who I am because I was, you know, immersed in it for so many years. Uh, it's how I paid for my education and I, just really grew to like it. So you want you want to be, I'm taking it you want to do something with biology, which is why you got a degree in biology. Because most people don't go that far into science if they don't like it. Uh, my father, uh, my dad uh, was really, really heavy on education. Uh, he actually had his okay. PhD. So uh, a large part of it was just for me to kind of fulfill, um, in a sense, what I felt like was proper it was also interesting. A lot of people go to school for business or something of that sort, which is something that everybody goes, you know, to school for. But uh, I think yeah. if you can kind of major in something that actually piques your interest, then you're more likely to uh, just stay intact with it, you know, instead of just feeling like you just got a degree. So majority of it was interesting, and then uh, a large part of it was really challenging. <laughs> got you. So when you when you went into restaurants, was it you said you were 19? Were you just going in as just like server? Like how did that how did that happen? What made you go to a restaurant? Money. I wanted to be able to you know provide for myself. Serving was always uh, something that I actually wondered why people did. To be quite frank, I remember when me and my mother used to go out to eat. I was like, why do people want to do this? this is <laughs> but uh, the money was really good. And uh, I think I lucked up and uh, became a part of a company that was really uh, at the top of the line when it came to hospitality. It's not fine dining or anything, but just had a high level of like sophistication. And um, it's really what, in a sense, kind of groomed me in addition to education and, and things that you learn, you know, in your household, 
where a lot of yeah. places where you spend a lot of your time is work. So, you know, to be right. at a really impressionable age at, at 19, uh, to be a part of this restaurant group, which was, you know, very sophisticated, et cetera, um, it just helped me. I think it, it tapped into maybe a large part of who I was that I hadn't even discovered yet. Who is that? Um, you know, I like a lot of uh, just organization. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I like type A personalities. I like people that are just, um, I don't know, just very in tune with advanced men, et cetera. I just like that kind of structure. Some people like a more laid back environment. I don't flourish in laid back environments. Um, so again, that's something that I became aware of um, as I was working for them because there are too many people that kind of started with me or worked in the same environment with me and didn't go as long as I did. You know, a lot of people went longer. A lot of people had been mm -hmm. there for you know 25 plus years, but it was really based upon whether it kind of was, you know, in line with your personality and in line with the environment that you kind of gravitate towards or if it wasn't. If you didn't really like, you know, uh, a specific way to do something and uh, a lot of structure and, you know, that, then it wasn't going to work for you. But uh, for yeah. me, it did. So was that a part of your of your upbringing? Was like structure really heavy in the house? Uh, I wouldn't say it was really heavy in my household. Uh, my dad, yes. My dad is uh, Ghanaian. So he was very okay. big he was very big on just aesthetics as far as you being, you know, sitting up properly, speaking properly, how you greet people. He was really big on those things. Not to say that my mother wasn't, but I think you always have that one parent that just wants you to live, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and, yeah. And really that's typically mom. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, maybe that's why me and my mom had such a special bond was because uh, she just wanted me to be who I was. Right. Absolutely. All right. So when you when you have this career in hospitality is what, 14 years at that point. Um, when you when you have that and then you're approached um, by Candy and you realize that this is gonna be a television show as well, was there hesitation knowing that, you know, you're now about to put your life in the public eye? Um, yes and no. The way that I met Candy was a little, uh, there's a little bit of a skip step there. Um, Candy met me towards the tail end of my tenure with uh, that restaurant group. So okay. um, at that time, I was going to just honestly branch off and, and create my own restaurant consulting firm. Um, you know, just do independent contracting rather. Um, and more of it was quality of life. I had already dedicated my life to this company for so long. Restaurants are so time consuming. I just wanted to kind of be able to breathe. I wanted to work out you know, do my consulting on the side, travel. Uh, and at that time, I had just lost both of my parents. So um, she kind of on this cusp of, you know, navigating away from something that I had been a part of for so for so long. Um, but initially it was actually not for the show. Um, I just came on as an independent contractor to consult for them for Blaze. And I didn't even know about the show. Uh, it wasn't even about that. It was, hey, Phil, we got this restaurant. It's been open for about six or seven months, uh, you know, I think that they were really intrigued by, I'm not really a timid person, as you can see on the show, but not timid yeah. just with regards <laughs> to people. I kind of really gravitate towards a challenge. So when you go into a space, i.e. Blaze, and they have no systems in order, they barely had a really solid management team. Um, for me, a lot of people would be kind of scared by it or feel like, oh, you know, what do I do? I looked at it as, oh, this is 
gonna be awesome. You know, I get to really kind of exercise all the things I had learned for all these years and apply it to showing them how, you know, how good I am. So um, it wasn't even about the show at all. And then after I did okay. Blaze for that amount of months, um, the show came up and yes, I said no. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> like it's, it's uh, okay, cause I've worked in hotel management for years um, while kind of starting this magazine. And like being in that, in that industry, when I started watching the show, it was like episode one. I was like, okay, this is about to be interesting. Um, because I've, I've been to Old Lady Gang a few times. And I was like, okay, this is, I want to see like the, the behind the scenes stuff. And then you came on and I was like, oh shit, this is about to go bad fast. <laughs> and it, I was like, like on one side, I'm like, I'm cringing. But on the other side, I, I see like what needs to be fixed. But it's like knowing, I guess the managerial style, everyone's different. And for me, I was like, he's coming in too hot. Like this is going to like be a disaster with the staff. Did you feel like you had to come in that hot because of where the the restaurant was at that time? Or was that just, or is that, again, is that just you? Because again, we don't really, we don't know you. Yeah, to be quite frank, it's just me. Uh, it wasn't premeditated by any means and it wasn't sought out. I think the, you know, the biggest thing in my tenure with that prior restaurant group is that I worked for them for that many years, but I worked at a, like seven different stores. So I lived in Miami, Dallas, LA, New York. You know, we they consistently transfer you. So you're always immersed in like yeah. a different environment. I think that that's the other thing that didn't really present a lot of hesitation for me is because I was mm -hmm. used to kind of being thrown into an environment where I didn't know everything, I didn't know everyone, and I was expected to perform. So right. um, I think a lot of times when I came in hot, that was my level of frustration. I mean, when you go into an environment, it's almost like, you know, you've heard Todd say, he can't even go into these restaurants because he's nitpicking every single thing. When yeah. some of the things structurally that you're trying to put together are not working, that's one thing. But when you see that people are just tearing down your business, that's a whole nother, you know, that's a whole nother thing. And there were, look, this, this company, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with it, but it's night and day from where I came from. It's night and day right. from structure, from a very refined, and again, this is not fine dining. It's just like, hey, we set an expectation. You meet the expectation. If you don't, right. then you're out. So my cutthroatness is just how I was used to. I'm surprised I made it as long as I did with the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get some place, you know? It, it, honestly, yeah. Sure. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. Life is full of uncertainties, often showing up unannounced and at the most inopportune moments. They affect our personal, professional, social, and emotional experiences. Like a chess game, life is all about the moves you make. Life Matters with Mario Brown LLC was started to assist you in this area. Mario offers private, affordable, virtual, individual coaching sessions. The benchmark of his three-point faith-based service model is non-judgmental listening, reasonable goal setting, comprehensive strategies for desired outcomes. With over 30 years of pastoral and itinerant ministry, Mario realized that people often merely need someone who is not connected to them and on the outside to see their situation from a different perspective so they can reach the solutions that will give them the outcome they desire. If you're ready to make new moves, need guidance, and insights of holistic living, 
Life Matters with Mario Brown is the service you need. Please feel free to contact a representative for more specifics on how to become a client by visiting www.mariocbrown.org for more information. That's www.mariocbrown.org. Welcome back to Swap Sessions. Guests complain. You yeah. Don't, you don't show up. You don't perform. Um, there is no conversation. Here we have a lot of conversations. <laughs> yeah, have- I, 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 I cringe at that as well. Um, but it's like for me, I couldn't imagine my, my hotel owner being beside me while I'm trying to fix problems um because again that's that's their baby like their their restaurants are that's that's another child basically right but when you're when you're telling someone your child is bad like that's never an easy conversation and when someone's coming from the outside saying this is what you need to do to discipline your child like no one takes that well so was that is that hard dealing with the fact that your owners of the restaurant are there while you're trying to fix the problems that are blatant in your face? I wouldn't say it's hard. Uh, I mean, to be honest with you, Todd and I are usually on the same page. And even if we're not, I didn't. I never, I don't need people to agree with what my approach is. All the things that I addressed, to be honest with you, were things that they brought to my attention to actually seek out, you know, with regards to Shadrika's approach to guests, you know, that was something that was brought to my attention. I didn't just go around, you know, ammunition trying to get at people these were things that they brought to my attention now the minute you bring something to my attention if i'm fixing it that's my conversation with don juan i'm gonna do it how i do it and if you want somebody else to do it a different way you have to hire somebody else to do it a different way because this is this is me and this is my approach which i know is effective but i didn't come into this environment to be trained on how you do things in fact you hired me to give you advice and to guide you in the best way possible and I even went mm. further than I probably should. Most consultants, to be honest with you, even, I mean, you've had a, a, a regional before. When has your regional ever reprimanded the person who just they started? They tell the hotel them right. what they have to say, you know? Like, this, so, this is what y'all need to go do, so. Right, my level of involvement was just bigger than really what it needed to be. And the only reason that it, it kind of, I guess stretched that far is because that's just what I'm used to. I worked myself up from the from the bottom. I served, I bartended, I, I got my degree, went through their management training program, which is uh, close to a 20 week course. You know, I made my moves, I worked myself up. I went, I was a junior manager, senior assistant, general manager, culinary manager. I've done everything. So for me, it's not foreign to get in there and sweep trash and and get on a broil. When we didn't have a broiler here. I get behind the line and I'm cooking steaks, but I'm also the person that's placing right. order, controlling the you know profit and loss reports. So my role, right. to be honest with you, is ten times larger than uh, you know what is kind of seen, but it's very impactful. Yeah, and that's, I think that's the thing. It's it's when you know the full functionality of what a restaurant needs to do, and you know all the aspects of it, you know how to fix those different things. Yeah. So it's we all know we know reality television like is, is going to give you the drama of it and you have no idea what the conversations were beforehand you have no idea what the interactions were it's just okay drop right here so right. when we when we dropped right here it was like it was always 
here comes Philip. Here comes the problem. <laughs> like, and when you when you're watching it back, are you like, that's not how that went. Like, that's not that's not what that uh, conversation I'll, was. I'll be honest. TV. This is this is the biggest thing that TV's done for me. Um, I'm used to kind of having a moment and then I move on. Right. It's like whatever I remember. When it's on television, you actually see what in fact happens. So no one's putting words in my mouth. No one's making me act a certain way. It's literally my, that's just how I'm responding, you know? So in a lot of ways, yes, to the point, it was very eye-opening for me to kind of see myself, to have to relive that moment, but actually see it from, you know, a camera perspective. Um, but it was a really real moment, you know? I think that there were some things with, you know, you always want your approach to be, um, as impactful as it can be and sometimes you know maybe whatever you're really trying to drive home as far as the point gets lost if you get a little too upset or if you you know kind of are um very emotionally driven in whatever your response is so in some of those moments especially with cameras around it caught me off guard where i don't even like a lot of attention so like to have cameras there spotlighting what's going on and it'd be a real interaction it kind of just magnified everything times 10. you know i was like this is a lot. <laughs> yeah. So when you're when you're watching back, are you? I know most of us. We when we see ourselves doing something, we critique ourselves. Are you now a lot more conscious of delivery? Are you are you changing anything in how you do things based off of like what you're seeing now? Are you still like, yeah, that probably wasn't the best way, but I still got to do what I got to do. Um. Yes and no. I mean, I don't I don't feel like I'm changing. I think that there's a strong sense of awareness. Right. And so I think if you see something no different from you seeing something that you like and embodying that or like, you know, kind of uh, replicating that same kind of behavior. If there's things that you, and you just naturally adjust in that manner, if it's something that you don't like, then you kind of move in a different direction with this. I kind of felt like when I was caught off guard by some of the moments, uh, it really really caught me off guard uh, but I'm also not a person you know look I'm not an employee and I need to put a lot of emphasis on that so I don't take I can sit down and have a conversation with Candy and Todd about you know whatever they want me to approach it and it's a dialogue though I'm not a person where you know there were certain moments where I'm sitting down with Don Juan and he wants to uh, act like I'm being called to the principal's office you got the wrong guy that, that's not <laughs> that's not me oh, it, you know, it shows that like is the, the interaction shows that you're not but it's and it's not an ego thing it's just that's i'm beyond that you know what i mean i i work for myself that that's not what this is about and i and i invest too much into this restaurant group i operate their restaurants like i'm the one that's impacted by what the profit is you know what i mean like i walk yeah. into these restaurants and when things are not right um honestly it, it probably hits home for me just as equal as it would if candy or todd you know walked in and saw something that wasn't right. When I see reviews that are crazy, I mean, sometimes I had to stay off of it because you got to think I'm doing this for three locations. This isn't just one. <laughs> this is all three restaurants, all yeah. three orders, all three staff. Like, look, it was a, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> no, because even when I, when I talked to Candy, she was saying like, she gets the Yelp reviews and they're just like coming to her phone like all day. And she's like, it's frustrating in most situations because you're trying to figure out like, why is someone doing this like why are you talking to a guest like this and everything falls back on her name yeah. so it's like i get it like you you try to you try to fix it but it's it's a lot to fix and then you start dealing with the staff interactions um
for a viewer, because I'm, I'm very glad I'm not in your position. For a viewer, like um, Brian came in, I was like, oh, this is like, he's about to be the life of the restaurant. And then as much as I love him as a former hotel manager, I'm like, he would have been too much for me to have work under me because it's a lot. And <laughs> it's it's not not necessarily in a in a bad way. It's just when you have big personalities, it's hard to get that person to reel back personality. For sure. Um, so you know, when he's, Brian's very charismatic, you know, he he honestly right. is. The only opportunity that Brian had was you gotta. It's it's like you gotta know you gotta stay in your lane in some moments. You know, like if, if right. someone's asking you to do something great to make a joke but like if i'm like hey brian let's sweep this up let's like that 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 you can't come back with what your hands don't work your feet don't move like those jokes only go for so long when you keep making them and i keep having to sweep and i keep having to do these things because i also lead by example i'm not a person that stands back and all of them will tell you that i don't just sit up here and point the finger if i'm in that restaurant i'm busting tables i'm sweeping i'm doing that's what it takes to kind of get these jobs done you can't just stand back as a better than type thing. And hopefully that builds a staff to kind of respect you more. But with Brian, look, Brian, uh, you know, I have a tremendous amount of respect for him now. I think that the small things that we needed to fix as far as, uh, you know, his rebuttal, every time someone asked him to do the smallest thing, he's definitely, you know, I think that was Brian's way of kind of saying, no, I don't want to do it. And who are you in a sense, you know, but he gives, right. Managers that have been managing him for a long time, i.e. Brandon, he gives them that same kind of flack. But I think as we've grown to understand each other more, now anything I ask Brian to do, sometimes I don't even have to ask him. He's just down for it, you know? And there's more of that yeah. camaraderie, you know, in a sense of uh, uh, it just being someone's trying to tell me what to do. But yeah, you know, I think it's, it's all of them. Sean Drake was the exact same way. You know, we, we, we bump heads in the beginning and sometimes the relationships that, uh, they call me now. Look, if I'm not at Old Lady Gang and something's going wrong or they don't see me for three days, Chandrika's like, Philip, where you at? What's going on? <laughs> like, right. you're not coming right. up here, you're gonna be up here next. I'm like, Chandrika, I'm at two other locations, but that makes me feel. We're gonna take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. All right, so I know you guys enjoy listening to Suave Sessions while I'm talking to some of my favorite celebrities and interviewing them and finding out more about their lives. But I'm also on a podcast with five of my friends from childhood, and we've been friends for over 30 years. And now we're coming back together as adults and having conversations as grown men from the Black perspective. It gets a little funny. There's some of the topics that we talk about, things from relationships, uh, for these guys being fathers, husbands, uh, we talk about police brutality, we talk about um, different things with the music industry and with the fashion industry. We talk about things from music to fashion to culture to what the standards are of being a man, what it's like to have a guy coat. Check us out. 
because up on any podcast platform that you're already listening to right now it's gq the podcast that's g-c-u-e the podcast check us out have some fun come laugh with us Welcome back to Swap Sessions. Like, we both can appreciate each other. Even when Chandrika's gone on a weekend, I'm like, Chandrika, what are you doing? You can't take off on a Saturday. Like, you hold this place down, you keep it together. So some of the relationships, again, that's, I think that's anything in life, especially when it comes to work. They may not always start off the best, but a lot of times they end up being great. Yeah, and that's as when I saw the the team building episode, and you see like everyone was like, okay, Philip loosened up a little bit. Yeah. But again, it's like I I get it. Like I, you have to draw a line and say I'm not here to be your friend. I'm here to help run a business. So sure. we can be cool, and I can be I can be cordial with you, but I can't just be your friend to where you feel like we're on the same level. Right. And you can just do what you want to do and I'm going to be okay with it. Right. And that's kind of what we see on Brian's character. And it's like, you can see it everywhere where it goes wrong. And it's, you, you start to see like, okay, they really, they're cool with you, but the respect level is lower. Yeah. Is that something that like, again, addressing Brian and saying you have to step up and use your voice more. Is that something that you saw coming in? Or was that something that was also brought to your attention before you got there? No, it was brought to my attention before I got there. Um, and the small interactions that we had, I was able to see that, you know, oh, this is going to be a little bit of a challenge because it's the class clown. You know, he may know that yeah. you, what you're telling him is right, but he's about to make a big mockery of it or make a scene out of it or whatever the case is, you know. So it took a moment for me to start to see his personality as being more charisma versus it being, you know, just kind of insubordinate. And, and again, it's, it's a part of how it grew into being. I didn't really have a lot of time to get to know these people either before we started filming. I think I was in yeah. the environment maybe two days before Brian actually started back. So there wasn't like, you know, it was like, hey, Philip, this is, here it is, this is the restaurant and it's busy. So can you fix orders? Can you fix staff? Can you fix this, any other? Can you respond to this review? You know, they were on a, a, a pen and paper. They had a line down the block, yeah. but they're using a pen and paper. So you gotta incorporate technology. You gotta teach them on the technology. <laughs> Kinda like, it was like, what? What world are we living in? Like no one, Yeah. they had one QR code. This was the craziest thing to me. You know, everyone went, uh, you know, QR code, paperless or whatever, yeah. you know, pandemic. And so you got a line down the block. We got one QR code for the entire restaurant, which was actually pasted on top of the greet stand when you walked in. So every single person that crossed the threshold of that door had to stop and scan the QR code. Do you know how long that took? Yeah, that's a process. <laughs> I was like, nobody in here said, let's print another QR code. It's like from small things like that to large things like theft. No one could even see all the theft that was going on. I mean, they were voiding and comping, and I'm using restaurant terminology, but to the point of it, there were just so many things that were going on that were even countering. But a guest, you know, a guest felt bad or, you know, didn't have a great experience. But there were other things that were just tearing the business down. It's crazy. Yeah. It's insane, yeah. you know. Yeah. And you, you share something um, like after Brian's episode, when you had to sit down with them and you were like, you know, we're going to put you on leave. Um, when you, when you watched after the episode, you, Candy and Brian got on Instagram live 
and you said that you understood Brian's stance at that point a little bit more because you had recently lost you lost your mom during COVID as well. Right. Um, and sorry to hear that. Um, how, again, how challenging was that losing, again, both parents and then going into a new situation with higher circumstances because there's cameras everywhere. Like, was that a lot? Was it was it added weight going into the situation? Like, how did that how did that play into everything for you? Um, I wouldn't say it was added weight. Uh, I think you know there were there's two different ways or several different ways people deal with their struggles. You know, um, Brian and I's situations and what we felt were similar, but what we resorted to to kind of push through it were, was different. I just immersed myself in work. Um, this new opportunity uh, just kind of kept my mind busy, right? So the only time I really like thought long and hard about it or when I was down was kind of when I would home. And I didn't really want to go home, you know? I didn't honestly distance myself from everyone who even really knew my mother like that because I just felt like they knew what I was dealing with. And so I had to acknowledge it. I had to acknowledge them feeling bad for me and I had to talk about it or whatever. So when I was at work, no one really knew who I was. No one knew what I had just gone through. So it was a great way for me to kind of, you know, time heals for sure. So at that moment, it was great for me to kind of just be in this environment and not have to deal with the things inside that were really pulling my days down. Um, yeah. So I could definitely understand, you know, those moments. My mother, uh, you know, people, especially at that time, were making, uh, you know, a lot of assumptions about how they viewed COVID. Some people thought it was a fake thing. Some people thought it was this and the other. You know, I, I literally stood over my mother as COVID took her breath away, where she was panting to breathe. And I'm the one that called the ambulance to kind of get her there, you know. And even during that time, you couldn't find a thermometer in the store. Uh, you know, you, you, you t I took my mom to the hospital like five times before she actually like had to be admitted into uh, the hospital and being put on a billing later. No one knew anything. I mean, you would call CDC. I call, I was literally that guy that was just frantic, trying to find a way. And I was the person who always found a way for my mom, or always found a way just in general. I've always been in some sort of position that kind of like, you find a solution to it, or you make it better. So when I lost her, it just felt like I had lost, like of all things to lose, why this? You know, I felt like I hadn't done my part. There was just so much guilt that was even associated to it. Um, and then it took, you know, it takes some time to kind of really see it from a different perspective um, and stop guilting yourself for some things. Um, and honestly, even guilting other people. I think I was mad. I was mad at a higher power. I was mad at doctors. I was mad at, the, I was like, you didn't, you know, how many times did I take her to the doctor? I remember even just calling back to, um, you know, ICU and kind of talking to the doctor and being like, how could you do this? You know, like, how, like how, do you, how do you do this to somebody? Because I was so angry, you know, in those moments and frustrated that you just wanted to change the outcome. And to be honest with you, for a solid two months, I talked about my mother as if she was still alive because I did not want to accept the fact that that was, that was real. Uh, it was very tough. So when, dark, when Brian said he was in those dark spaces and he, you know, woke up and was kind of like, why, why did I even have to wake up? I mean... I, I know those feelings. I know those feelings all too well. And I said, I, I've never wanted to take my life before, you know, but when you don't have anything, when you feel like you don't have anything to live for, it's a very dangerous headspace to be in because you are just negligent with everything. You're negligent with people. You're negligent with your life. You don't take care of yourself. And that was the other hard thing, honestly, about watching myself on television is 
I was very, I wasn't doing anything. I would barely wash my face. Like, you know what I mean? I've always been physically fit. So people look at you and they think, oh, you're, you're attractive, you're this, that, and the other. But I see my struggle in watching myself on film because I just wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't going to the gym. I wasn't eating healthy. You know, it was just a lot of things that just began to, I had lost like 15, 20 pounds. It was crazy. Um, and that it just wasn't a good feeling. And so to be in the middle of filming and not be able to take a pause, that was hard for me sometimes, you know? Yeah. So now with, with everything, I guess, balancing back out, um, everything getting back to, I don't, I don't want to say normal for you because I don't know if it's normal for you yet. It's a um, new normal. A new normal, okay. Yeah. So with, with all that insight now, um, what do you what do you want for the future? Like, how has has television increased the demand for a Philip in their restaurants? Like, as, as business increased for you, like, do you have other things you want to do now because of the show? Yeah. So, um, I mean, so I initially was going to go into real estate, um, and I still do uh, real estate, but I don't learn it. It's more of the investment into it. So, I have a business partner. Uh, we actually, uh, they've been doing it for about 10 to 15 years, so they're very well versed in it. So I came on board with them to kind of just help with capital and, you know, but I wanted to learn the process, so that could be something that I do more full on. But um, COVID kind of put a little bit of a halt on that too. Uh, permits were taking forever to kind of come about. So, I, you know, the, the real estate aspect of things, just with regards to flipping homes, uh, is definitely something that I'm still immersed in. I'm just not doing it full on because I am so involved in these restaurants right now. Um, and I'm really committed to, when I get committed to something, it's very hard for me to disconnect. So, you know, what was supposed to only be a few months now has become like, I don't even know when this is gonna end. Not look, not saying I'm looking for it, <laughs> but I would wanna replace myself before, you know, I just up and leave Tide and Candy and then they're, you know, at a yeah. loss because you've spent all this time and everything. And these, these restaurants, I don't wanna take credit for everything, but a lot of the systems that are in place management structures, um, everything from like the core of how the company is beginning to operate now, is all built upon my ideas. And so when you build that type of camaraderie with, with the people that work for them, you're not even just there for the guest experience. Now you feel dedicated to follow through on your promise to all the managers and all the people that now like stay with the organization because you're a part of it. So, um, right. Uh, you know, me and my boyfriend Felipe, uh, we invest in hair. Felipe is a hairdresser, so we travel, uh, and we 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 actually. So I I, I dabble in a, a few different things that still keep me, you know, I guess revived. Uh, you know, yeah. so that restaurants don't just run me down. Um, and ultimately, instead of consulting for other restaurants, I think that uh, you know I would love to open my own restaurant. And uh, I've had the opportunity to kind of do it jointly in the past six months or so. I just haven't found the right fit for me on what I want to do. But I think that I would love for to be able to invest all this time and energy into something that is my own or actually even right. shared with somebody else, you know, because um, at that rate, the world gets to see how you truly want them to kind of come into a space and feel great about it instead of having to kind of redefine someone else's vision in their dream. I want to just bring mine to fruition and allow the world to experience that. That's dope. Thank you for listening to another episode of Suave Sessions. If you would like to see more of Suave Magazine, please visit www.suave.com. Follow us on all social media outlets 
under Suave Magazine. As always, spread some love, be blessed, and stay suave. Peace.